0: Sci-fi, sci-fi, sci-fi I'm your co-host Cece.
1: And I'm Peter, your other co-host.
0: Welcome to our episode on the Terran Privateer by Glenn Stewart. Um, I would ask you how you like this book, Peter, but I already know. <laughs> yeah, you
1: are very aware of my opinion about this book.
0: Yes. Uh, well, then I will share my opinion. It is a video game. Yeah. This is my theory. Like, it's strongly. Not a bad theory. Like, every time something would happen. I'd be like, oh, cool, objectives. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Gather materials, upgrade your equipment, recruit to your team. It's kind of a lot like Mass Effect, to be honest. (laughs) Like, literally, humans are kind of new to the galactic society. You gotta try to find your way, try to find respect.
1: No, you're not wrong. There are definitely some similarities there.
0: It very much felt like a video game. But... It was enjoyable. I liked it. I would say that the writing was fairly predictable.
1: That's like, not wrong. Everything,
0: my main complaint about it is that everything was way too easy.
1: So, I think one thing that should be noted, Glenn Stewart is an accountant by training. <laughs> or he was going to be anyway. Um, until his prolific writing of sci-fi ended up actually resulting in a best-selling series. Not this one. Is that this one? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this one also is a, a very uh, popular and sold a lot of copies uh, series. But, no, his yeah. best-selling series, his first one was Starship Mage.
0: Right. I've never heard of that. I talked about. I think, this one, actually, no, you've told me
1: about this yeah, one. Yeah, a while ago about, like, the idea that FTL is only capable. We're only capable of FTL travel because of a small subsect of the species who, like, through genetic engineering, we're able to rediscover magic in the human race. Rediscover it. Yeah, the idea. The idea <laughs> is that like, this is all like world building stuff in that universe. So it doesn't matter. Okay. It's also not this no spoilers. One, so it'll be quick. But like the idea <laughs> is that there's this group of called the Eugenicists who controlled a large part of Mars when in the early days of the Mars colonization effort. Okay. And they were doing pretty bad force breeding experiments on these people that they had identified having a slightly higher concentration of whatever gene they ident- genes they identified as okay like causing magic in humans okay and then these mages ended up rebelling and establishing you know this government or whatever but they were like hey don't be afraid we can do faster than light travel so like we'll give you the stars and protect you but we're in charge anyway it's a, oh, so, so they took
0: over, like, human
1: society. Yeah, they took over, like, all of human society. Like, the mage king of Mars is the ruler Ooh. of humanity.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I would, I would be interested in exploring that.
1: It's a pretty good series. Um, I definitely think it might be something along the line. Like, down the line. And it does yeah. have a lot of flavor of, of this book. Where it's like, there's a lot of if this, then that. Of yeah. pretty typical sci-fi concepts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> Like I said, that was sort of the main thing where I was like, okay. But I also knew that the second book was called Duchess of Terra, right? Yes. And because you bought it in the Audible account.
1: I, I and, see, see, I'm on the fourth book.
0: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that this is. That's so fast. I can, I've spent $60 on Audible books for the. By the way, you see your memo?
0: <laughs> Just yes i did just okay. buy three credits peter anyway this is this is offline uh, buy talk.
1: Three credits? you can just buy three works. credits
0: for like 35 dollars, and then yeah I'll, we'll talk okay we'll talk it's fine anyway <laughs> you don't um, have to pay the full price if you don't have credits crazy uh that's well, you hilarious i was gonna use them thank you i appreciate
1: that i'm not a dick <laughs> i'm occasionally an asshole
0: but not a dick never so far as a dick never a dick <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you think Casimir was deliberately based on Elon Musk
1: or <laughs> I don't think he was.
0: No? For, do you think you did he make you think of Elon Musk?
1: For okay, for a couple of reasons. Okay. Um I can see the similarities. Mhm. But also like, you know, he's a like a, a rich engineer. I don't know. That's not, like, an uncommon... Like, Elon Musk is a perfect example of that. But
0: I think like, the thing about Elon Musk is that he is a sci-fi trope brought into reality.
1: I think the fact that his name was Elon Casimir.
0: It was... Oh, it was. That's what it was. You're right. Yes. You're totally right.
1: His name was Elon That's Casimir. where it came from.
0: They don't say it much after the beginning, but they say it a lot in the beginning. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Elon, 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 subconsciously. Elon
1: Musk. Wait, no. <laughs>
0: No, different guy. Different space tech guy. (laughs) But like, okay, hold up. In the beginning, I thought they were setting him up as a villain because... He was just like, yes, I and, like that whole meeting felt really menacing to me. He's like, yes, I have advanced human weaponry far beyond our current capabilities. You're going to have to pay up, old man, if you want this. And I was like, this guy sucks. And then like five minutes later, he's a big hero. And like the guy who he's like the Dumbledore of this book series, like the genius who knows what's going on
1: That's more than anyone else.
0: <laughs> it's better than Elon Musk, probably. It's like an Elon Musk and Dumbledore Cross. Elon Musk would have
1: just taken over the humanity yeah. like hey i have this as we bullshit. all know
0: is his eventual plan
1: oh of course it's his eventually. it's like him and jeff bezos are just competing for it yeah racing Who's to the get finish it first
0: line. uh jeff bezos will get the earth elon will get the stars
1: that's true elon will trap jeff bezos on earth and pound into dust with kinetic bombardment
0: <laughs> yeah i was gonna say with orbital bombardments <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, Ken, this is the future
0: guys you heard it here first i'm
1: starting my sci-fi series yeah <laughs> just
0: fan fiction about real people
1: <laughs> i think that's just called slander
0: yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called slander
1: especially when they're very rich and have very good lawyers Just <laughs> teams of lawyer and i my dad he's not this is not a specialty this is he can't really help you this is how he does he would he would be the first
0: to be like nah you need you need someone else
1: you need like someone who does this and like a really good one hey did you spill some gas i got your back
0: <laughs> oh man okay so anyway okay that moving on. that whole setup was kind of menacing but apparently it was fine i <laughs> thought it was
1: i would like misread the whole situation I question think, now okay
0: wait go on i will well, ask I question think the in menacing minute. It's
1: unrelated. might come from the fact that elon was understandably pissed who was he pissed at Like, well, the captains. Imagine, like, being... Oh, because of Annie? No, 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 no. Because they were intentionally... Not sabotaging, necessarily, but undermining... That's what I was looking for. Any efforts to undergo significant technological progression. Hmm. I mean, they...
0: Yeah, futurists don't like that.
1: Exactly. So he was going, like, no, we have to drive forward, we have to keep developing, and he saw these... Potential promising technologies from the the hyper uh, like from hyper, their movement into hyperspace and into artificial gravity and shit, and he's like, right. "There's so much there. Let's do this." But then no funding for research, so that you know yeah. significant personal investment was required, and understandably, he probably thought that was bullshit. Not because he had to put his own money in, but because they weren't willing to put in the money. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's interesting. I guess sort of the idea is that Earth's military became complacent because they're like hey like we're good enough to deal with the pirates if we invent more technology then the pirates will get it too it's just going to be like an arms race like let's just keep all of technology where we are right now
1: and then we'll we'll be fine if we and casimir was like we'll be fine
0: he was like uh okay but
1: (laughs) but (laughs) there are
0: other threats probably like, we cared enough to put up that whole satellite network, but now we don't care anymore. I don't know what that's about. So, I see his point for sure. And I, I, I do, I like the idea of sort of the like, billionaire futurist who, like, actually is sort of. What's the word what I'm looking for? What'd you say? Try and do something good. Yeah, yeah. He's the altruistic. Word? That's the word. I don't think so. Who <laughs> was word. going for that?
1: You don't think it's the right word? Because it wasn't like he was like, "Hey, here's this technology." He was, "Hey, you're gonna pay through the nose for this." But, but you, I invented
0: it for humanity, yeah. so you're so welcome. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't. I think altruism is too strong of a word. Maybe I think it's
0: not. It wasn't strictly altruistic. I think he Let's was just, just
1: saying that a decent man.
0: <laughs> yeah, he 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 wanted to make an impact on the world for the better, but he also was a businessman and wanted to make money.
1: Right, and knew the value of what he was providing.
0: But also, like, got private investors to fund this whole thing, so he had to make money. He owed them, literally.
1: Yeah, he had private investors, and he was also saying, he didn't note that, like, they could make money back on the civilian market, but once civilians start getting their hands on these hyperspatial engines, the UESF had Military is
0: going to need it anyway, yeah.
1: Right. Like, how can they possibly be the... uh, you know, how could they possibly be like the police force if they don't have ships that can go faster?
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like if only criminals had automatic weapons. <laughs> it would be pretty challenging for yeah, law enforcement. It would be tough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like only, and realistically, it's if only criminals had guns.
0: Had guns, yeah.
1: Because like in England. It's a whole different ballpark. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, I especially. don't know very much about they England. have gun units. <laughs>
0: And that's yeah. I'm sure
1: that's true. No, it is true.
0: It's just they just don't have guns on their patrol cops. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you do you, England. You live your best life. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, so, yes, uh, so I. I get that. And I think he yeah. was just mad. He was salty. I I guess I enjoyed the sort of tension between him and the admiral whose name i'm forgetting because for some reason the only name that comes villeneuve (laughs) the only name that was coming to my brain was jean-luc picard and i'm like not this
1: series
0: (laughs) 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 just some space um authority named jean (laughs) automatically goes into jean-luc picard but anyway um villeneuve i get where that tension's coming from because he's like hey dude we have like carefully cultivated a sort of ceasing of the arms race like a ceasefire almost in a weird way and you just fucked it all up i don't think that's where it came from what do you think it came from then
1: i think villeneuve the idea of that whole interaction was because like villeneuve had an internal dialogue i don't think it ever was said out loud but he had thought about in that uh, section in that chapter about how like yeah the captains had been delaying research for years like it was all the cap- the captains oh the he States. was
0: also kind of upset
1: yeah he was not happy either
0: okay fair enough Um, so then why was he upset <laughs> this is my question
1: he was chagrined what? like he's the <laughs> admiral in charge of oh,
0: he felt embarrassed USF. for the navy
1: yeah but he his captains were able to overrule him not, not like through technical authority but no one on the governing council is going to support military research if a bunch of, like, all the captains in the Navy are saying, no, oh, we don't really need it. Right. So he was fighting, like, a one-man battle in terms of research.
0: That's true. His captains are real shitheads, apparently.
1: I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of wieners.
0: Which brings me to my next point. I think the nickname Bloody Annie is kind of crazy. Is that a pirate, historically? Is
1: that what they were trying to go for? Um, I don't know if it's Annie, but I... It took me a while to get this. Okay. But I think the nickname isn't, like, Bloody Annie, like, oh, she'll... I think it's, like, a sigh of exasperation, like, ah Bloody Annie. Do you think so? I think that's what it is. That's really funny. I think... I am pretty convinced that's what it is. Um, I don't think so. (laughs) No, I'm pretty... I don't remember what... Uh, You've read
0: a lot more of this series than
1: I have. I don't remember what context it was later in the series... That I realized this, but it did happen, and I had a moment of, of clarity. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, oh that's what that's they really meant? interesting."
0: Because I, I always thought it was because she had gotten that that terrible person executed. But I'm like, "That's that doesn't seem like a nickname that would bother her." Because like, fuck those
1: guys. I mean, it could be that, it could be both, but yeah, it is not a great, usually creative nickname. But we've already agreed that they're shitheads.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. That's true. she are very bad. What'd she do? Use. Cause
1: blood. What's her name? Annie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Probably not even. I bet it was lethal injection.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. She said there at some point she said something about getting into, like, giving him the needle or something.
0: That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought there was some sort of specific reason that I thought that, but Other than anyway. that's,
1: like, the only way people are executed. Yes. I mean, the, in America. Um. I'm pretty sure the French, you still use a guillotine.
0: No, I think they stopped doing that in like the 90s. So not that long ago, but it I mean, actually, I don't think they're still using friends, it.
1: Friends, look this up. It was alarmingly recently. It was very recently. <laughs> it was really upsetting when I found this out. Uh, I'd rather be guillotine than lethal injected. I wouldn't. Personally. There's multiple cases of the guillotine not being sharp enough and the person okay. being alive from the first cut.
0: Okay, well, I'd rather it be a very sharp guillotine, but still. It's gruesome, but it's fast. It was invented to be like a humane alternative to other methods of execution. You're right. It was lethal injection is supposed to be like kind of gnarly.
1: Yeah, the first injection is paralytic. To
0: wildly understate,
1: like if they didn't inject the paralytic, people's bodies would be like writhing, and it's bad.
0: Yeah, this is a fun conversation. Yeah, this is cool.
1: (laughs) Let's talk about other (laughs) forms of (laughs) execution.
0: Well, Um. the thing about hanging is rope (laughs) length.
1: I, I forget who I was describing this to, it was Maria. I was describing to Maria, Red Rising.
0: Oh, uh, yes, the pulling the legs? Yeah. That's also what I was thinking of just now. It's like the worst. It's very sad. It's extremely sad. It's
1: so bad.
0: Just because you know the yellows have better ways to execute by now. Right, oh, for sure, for sure. I wonder how they execute golds. What if they do execute golds, All different right. book series.
1: Yeah, we've we, we've talked about two different book series. <laughs> At least episode. the other one was by the same author. This is just way off track. Okay, jack. all right, reeling in fact. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Cc, here's what I wanted to know. Yes. Let's put aside the fairly straightforward writing. Okay. Sure. Like, this guy will never be remembered for his sweeping prose and his his dragging the reader in with his poetic irony or whatever. Or his shocking plot twist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's no M Night Shyamalan. Yes. But what did you think of the world? That Interesting was choice.
0: That's what I liked. So this is this is what I enjoyed about the book was like the overall concept of the story. The fact that it read like a video game, you know. It was fun. You know, the the okay, here's our characters, we set them up, we set up the world, okay, here's your mission. And like you go and you collect all the resources to make your like grand mission possible, and then you, you know, come back at the end and there's a final battle. Um but I thought that the idea the most, the most original thing about this book, in my opinion, was that the Conquerors weren't really the bad guys.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: they, they came in and, like, it was kind of funny because the scout ship came back initially and was talking to them about, oh, you didn't see what I saw. And it's like, oh, God, like, did things get really bad on Earth? And she's like, yeah, they... <laughs> they successfully diffused every attempt at rebellion without hurting a single civilian or former military personnel and you're like wait why are you so mad <laughs> like i guess it's demoralizing seeing like it must it must be demoralizing seeing humanity like rallying its very best efforts to just kind of getting like so casually stopped like at least, I feel like if we had really threatened them, then there probably would have been some death. But we were such a small th- It's like picking up a hamster when it escapes its cage and putting it back in its cage. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of like the degree of disparity between the Achtol's, um control and humanity. I was trying to figure out if I was going to do the click, but apparently I'm not. Did you just say toll? <laughs> yeah, a, a toll. toll. I, I was rehearsing it. <laughs> P.S., I think, just as an aside, not that we need any more, but I think that they picked that narrator because she could click so well.
1: <laughs> That's true. Only good thing way, about her. In every other way, she was garbage.
0: This is the second time I have said, do not listen to the audiobook. And this is a do not listen to the audiobook situation for what, sure. What was the other book? Um, What is it called? Uh, the robot one. What was it? Murderbot. Oh, I liked the
1: Murderbot.
0: The, the narrator was good, but Murderbot wasn't supposed to be gendered, and I feel like we missed something by having a clear male voice. Very oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Okay. Anyway. That's a good point.
1: Um, I forgot this.
0: But yeah, she, when they it's were talking about whatever they called... Yeah, it's very good. Whatever they called um, Tortuga, <laughs> like the actual real name of that, she was like, click, click, click,
1: click. It yeah, was Yeah, it was awesome. so good.
0: <laughs> she crushed it but it was the only time she was good nice. I, there were characters i was i could not like because of the way she voiced right. them
1: Cece and i talked to, cc and i saw each other recently and we talked briefly about this about pat, specifically pat Kersman. Mm-hmm. like very likable character when you don't I'll have
0: to take your word for it
1: yeah when you read the book <laughs> very likable in here he's like a stereotypical cockney
0: no, but not a good one. A ba- no, he's no. a stereotypical American doing a bad Cockney yes. accent.
1: Yeah, exactly. Correct.
0: It's so bad. It if he had like bad. an actual stereotypical Cockney accent, I'd be like, oh, that's a choice. But okay, like, let's do it. <laughs> All like, right, he's Cockney. All right, he's Cockney, I see. <laughs> but yeah, no, this, this version was
1: unbearable. <laughs> it was so fucking awful
0: and like some of her other accents were inoffensive at least like maybe not the most accurate but inoffensive but kersman
1: oh. kersman was just straight up wrong
0: yeah it was incorrect she yeah. should have been fired i don't say that lightly she gone
1: with no accent yes <laughs> like that would have been preferable
0: well i don't even think they said that he had like a like quote unquote lowbrow british accent i think they just said that he was
1: british he like they like got a
0: nice posh accent He's from. You said he's from I,
1: Manchester. He's from the, Manchester. Became a heavy industrial center at uh, this point in this Earth's history. Okay. And so he was from like a, a factory area,
0: basically. Sure. Yeah. I guess I get it. Like, I get why they would go with that, but I don't get why they would.
1: But still they never go with that after, the, after uh, they heard her voice. Kurtzman talks in a Cockney accent, and I'm like, <laughs> like you, you had. Like here's what I'm saying. You had the artistic <laughs> option not to do it. Yes, and you still did it. <laughs> like, you went and you were like, what kind of accent would Kurzman have? Hmm. Well, he's from an industrial center. How's your cockney? Terrible? We must do it.
0: <laughs> oh, well. He's from an industrial center and he's British. I don't know what you want from me. And there's another British character, so you have to differentiate
1: their voices somehow. <laughs> That's true. Well, one has a good British accent. One has- yeah, I mean, not, not that good, but like... No, no, I meant I mean like a you know, good Listenable. You know, formal.
0: Yeah, he's got a posh British he's
1: accent. He's got a noble
0: yeah, he's a he's a fancy boy.
1: He is <laughs> in other a, words. He's a great 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 grandson of the Duke of Wellesley or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's funny how they kept tossing that in. Who was the other famous ancestor that they, they tossed in? I forget. Do I you think- remember? It was like a scientist. Um Oh no. gonna distract me. I'm gonna try not to be distracted. I'm really not all. by trying to figure that out. It's like not an important character either. It's some rando. Um A scientist? No, you know who it is? I think it's somebody in like the control center with Jean Villeneuve when he initially like has the quote unquote battle and then surrenders. It's like somebody in that room. Hey, it's not an one. important person. Huh? They got one. They got one what? Ship. Oh, they did get one. Annette got one. I think mean, they actually
1: no no, I think they might have gotten two. They didn't get many.
0: No, they did. Yeah, because that cool Admiral lady who was awesome. Died. she um <laughs> Yeah, she died, but she she took a ship down, so that was good. Her KD ratio was better than anyone else's, but Annette's.
1: <laughs> but Annette, who went on a bloody rampage. Yes. Right,
0: so, but let's... okay, so back to the overall like yes. concept. I like it. I, I like I like this sort of slowly coming to terms with, like actually now we're on the world stage, like it or not, and these guys seem to be kind of the best teammates we can have. And, like, we can't really stand up on our own. So we're going to have to go with this for now, at least. Like, I thought that that was a a novel way of dealing with the alien conqueror story. Because, you know, most alien conqueror stories go... They come in, they're completely unknowable. They just want to, like, mine Earth for resources or kill you because they don't care or you have no idea what their motives are. And they come in, they try to eliminate earth and then somehow like through a miracle and, and nukes usually we <laughs> we come back and defeat them but like a these people came in they were way more advanced than we are really probably relatively more advanced than you see in most stories because they really were undefeatable and mm. despite that we're pretty cool about how like how they looked after earth like they considered it a stewardship. They called it, like, an uplift. And even when they initially entered the solar system, they didn't the Admiral have this whole speech about, like, hey, listen, we've been observing you for a long time, we were gonna let you do your thing, but our enemies are kind of closing on you, so we have to take you under our protection.
1: Yeah, Tunk Tank Chalet um, was saying how they have been within his borders for a very long time, and but like, unfortunately, humanity's development of hyperspace ships was creating signatures that the uh, Kanzi uh, would yes. would see as a threat, or see as a planet kind of ready for the next. Like, re- it it was a flare that a sentient species lives here, and probably right. a lot of them.
0: We we had been a nature preserve, <laughs> which is one of my favorite versions of like explanations of the fermi paradox is that we're, we're just in a protected zone all <laughs> the aliens are keeping us safe so we can develop on our own
1: <laughs> i love that idea i know right but the yeah. galactic
0: zoo theory isn't that what they call it
1: yeah exactly
0: um but anyway yeah so it was basically that and then we got to the point where we were going to be noticed and it was time to take us under protection which is usually bs usually when you hear that like You know, I mean, they talked a lot about human colonization early on and I get it because you're like, hey, listen, (laughs) we talked to big talk too when we went to places and we just completely screwed over the native population and did not care about them at all. And in fact, exploited and took advantage of them at every turn. So why would you be any better? But then you're suffering from the sort of fallacy of humanizing aliens Assuming that they have all your shortcomings and all your weaknesses as well as presumably all of your strengths. Well, I mean,
1: I think there's a balance of that concept and the alternative, which is maybe we're more like than we thought in these, this book and throughout the series. Um, one of the reasons why uh, Captain Bond or Ned or whatever, I don't know how we do that. Um, but one of the reason However Bond you want. <laughs> accepted that and in the end surrendered was that she went through and, I mean, I I think she said in this book, was like, you know, like, you can know the measure of a person through their enemies. And she kind of Mm -hmm. came to the realization that the Imperials, while they were definitely different, I mean, the primary species is a gigantic squid. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not exactly comforting. Right. But they have very similar concepts. They have a sense of honor. They have a sense of loyalty. They have a sense of protecting the innocent. Right. And, so, and they're very forgiving. Right. And a lot of their positive traits are traits that humanity aspires to. Right. We're not always good at them. People in power
0: often forget them, but they are traits that humans have. And
1: like you said, hope to spread. Right. And my th- kind of theory in this is they've reached this point where they are most people, or at least most people that you interact with in the series, are generally honorable, are generally willing to forgive, and are generally decent sentience because they've kind of moved past that. Right? So, humanity on Earth still had national tie, or national conflict to an extent, or sure. still had strife, but they weren't going around and shellacking their neighbors because they were less advanced. Right. And I think that if you had given them time, and if we weren't, you know, within the boundaries of this Imperium, eventually, they would have had the opportunity to try to put some of those things behind them as well, which I think right. the toll did.
0: For humanity? Or do you mean that they just got to that I point of development? I think they got to that
1: point. So, like, I yeah. think that the real story is not one that we humanize the aliens, but that the aliens are. Representative of where humanity would have gotten eventually, kind of philosophically, and where we can still get to.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I see what you're saying, because I mean the way that the uh, the Kanzi are is in a way a reflection of the worst of humanity. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've done most of the crimes that the Kanzi do, so we can't say that you know humans would never do that cuz we did it for a while a yeah, long like time like for
1: most of our history we did that
0: for like millennia we at least some of us did that um but yeah that's interesting you're sort of trapped between the two extremes of humanity like
1: the very worst of it and the very best of it i think one of the interesting touches of this book is that the kanzi look very similar to humans
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: They're representative of our worst traits, which are very near on our heels, much more near they are the Imperials. Right. But we are evolved enough, I'm going to say, to recognize those traits for what they are.
0: Right. There's enough people, at least, who will condemn them. Even that if society we is not going to fall back
1: into it fully. Right. Even if we weren't going to be the target. Like, if the were, Kanzi were like, hey, you can just chill. I still am pretty confident that this universe that Glenn Stewart has built would not allow the majority population to go with the Kanzi. Because most people are aspiring to better.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, you don't really get very much of the point of view of um, normal humans. Really, the only one is the uh, McQueen woman, mm-hmm. Ms. McQueen. I don't remember what her first name was. Leah. But, I yeah, I mean, she she really just served as, like, a plot device. Yes. So that she, wasn't really very she was un- extremely unimportant
1: in the grand scheme.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yet, and yet, her brother and her husband were right there next to <laughs> Wellingsley or whatever his name is. Something <laughs> uh, like that was what bothered me. It was just like, come on, that's too convenient. I but mean, it, it would happen it, in a video game. It was
1: a company of people. Yeah. All I'm saying is that like, it wasn't that many people. It was entirely likely they'd be next to him. Okay, sure. Then they'd be next to each other, but
0: why would they be next to Wellingsley? Is that his name? Because that sounds wrong.
1: It Welles- Wellesley. Wellesley. It's Welles- Wellesley. Wellesley. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, is it Wellington? Yeah.
1: Wellesley well- of Duke of Wellington?
0: Yeah, Duke of well- <laughs> Yeah, I was combining them. Um, no, it's, it's Wellesley. Weslington. <laughs> anyway... They were like in that first ship, or that first like, what was it? Um, hangar of cages and so on and so forth. Because it was like ten thousand people overall.
1: <laughs> they were the first ones he found. It's not important. It was just a complaint. There's like a ten percent chance of that, cc It's fine. I think it is. Well, unlikely. No. It's not like the completely impossible idea. I guess,
0: but like, like a lot of things that happened to the crew of the tornado, it was very convenient that they stumbled across this to begin with. Although I guess with that one, they were brought there by, by the dudes. That one was less convenient and more like the machinations of evil aliens, (laughs) for lack of a better term. (laughs) But yeah, that was, and also there were very few good ship names in this book. What
1: do you mean? There were some decent ship names.
0: There were... I liked, um... Of Course We're Coming Back. And Hidden I think Eyes that of was Terra. Eh, Hidden Eyes of Terra was okay.
1: Shield of Innocence?
0: That that worked very well for the Ictol. Ictol.
1: So all their ships are named along... There's like... There's a ridiculous amount of ship names in the following books. Like, that comes up a lot. Did um, they get better? <laughs> is that even Tornado is a
0: terrible ship name. What? tornado is a terrible ship name oh i agree
1: <laughs> okay
0: i'm glad we can agree on
1: that like i can imagine glenn stewart sitting there one night you know drinking a glass of wine <laughs> as he's writing this book he's like i got the book but i just need a ship name
0: i need Damn a cool it. name for this ship what what's really cool ship what's really cool and overwhelming tornado, tornado. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. sharknado no it's dumb
0: no 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 it's too far too far too i far. had it before tornado Wheel <laughs> back glenn real back it's perfect nailed it just compared to books like um Hurricane. Damn it, go back. The Collapsing Empire has amazing ship names. Collapsing Halo Empire has great. has amazing ship names. What was that last one?
1: Halo. Halo. Pillar of Autumn. What was the Forward other one? Forward unto amazing. dawn. Forward unto dawn. I love it. Forward unto dawn is beyond a doubt my favorite. name But it also has normal names. Like Captain Keyes's first ship was a destroyer. Name Tornado. What? named tornado (laughs) no it was named iroquois
0: okay all right yeah that's a pretty like navy name yeah it's like a fine name so what they only named their really cool ships cool names they only named their plot
1: important ships cool names (laughs) only the video game ships got good names Um, all the book ships got bad names lots of cool names i'm just saying uh, oh my god spirit of fire spirit of fire is pretty good that's a pretty good name it's pretty good that's a halo
0: Wars ship (laughs) All right. Anyway. (laughs) So how many franchises have we talked about that aren't this book yet? So (laughs) many. Is that five? So many. Okay, but two of them. You guys like sci-fi. It's fine. Castle Federation is another good one by Glenn Stewart, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, while while we're we're there. Just trying to tip the scale so we're at least talking about the author. Yeah, I'm trying to make a majority of the (laughs) things we're talking about. And, of course, Unarchana Stars, which is the second series in the Starship Mage universe by Glenn Stewart. Cool cool are
0: you getting paid
1: <laughs> i have i, am I plugged an author so much <laughs> i accidentally so i here's what happened i found all these <laughs> series independently and then discovered they were all by Glenn stewart are you
0: serious that's yes. so weird
1: it was bizarre like amazing but like my, this guy's amazing it's my three most entertaining book series i like, can see that these aren't sweeping epics They're not going to, like, make you emotionally hurt like Red Rising did. Like, they're Mm -hmm. not going to crush your soul. But they will be entertaining. (laughs) They will be mostly upbeat. There will be some conflict, sure. But nothing your heroes can't overcome.
0: (laughs) They can overcome anything. Occasionally someone
1: important will die. But not often.
0: Nobody died
1: in this one. Second one they do. Excellent. I've
0: like, been dying for a death. I really wanted them to not find the slaves. I was like, please, let there be stakes. <laughs> let something go wrong. Oh, and I really wanted Kitana to be tricking her.
1: She's a trickster demon.
0: She's a trickster demon. I know. I really, I was like, especially at first, I was like, this, this bitch isn't for real. <laughs> all
1: right, all right, wait. Let's talk about the kikto. Okay. So, like, that's... I love this idea.
0: Of the, like, um... This On, is like the bad reproductive system, and yeah, the idea this is of-
1: another example of because what I really like about Glenn Stewart, what he does really well is he's very creative about his aliens. Okay, like kind of like the mesher, the, the mesher room. He's not he's not stuck with the biped that looks almost like a human, but like there's this some differences. Is true. Like there's a dot in are all their foreheads or whatever. Like, <laughs> some real no, bullshit. this
0: is true, but like I. I I found it distracting that he was always comparing them to animals. Like I get that that's an easy way to um describe things. But like saying oh, it's a squid, then all they pictured was a squid, you know? And especially well, with the centaur, like later on they described the Reikiki a little bit more, so it was like less just a centaur, but a crocodile centaur. It was a crocodile. It was still a crocodile on top of a horse, you know what I'm saying? Okay, here's where I'm going
1: with that. Okay. I think that was a way of showing, because there are bases in humanity of humanity's flora and our fauna that are basically all the species. If you're willing to take horses and centaurs, if you're willing to what? take those, like make those the same class, quadruped or hexapods rather. Ah. Uh-huh. So my thought is that no, they're still quadrupeds. Yeah, but it, they. Never mind. Doesn't matter. If they, you're right. The, the pet is the number of feet, not the number of limbs. You're right. Um the uh the like the echo and then the other one that looks more like an octopus are No, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um <laughs> there are hexapods though, yeah, you're right. The his I think his point was that life like similar themes of life can be found throughout the universe. And it's kind of a matter of the chance of the environment in which they're brought up in, of which one of the species will become dominant. So, like, I can see that. We have similar, you know, we have crocodiles, we have horses. Well, what if their genetic paths had been different, and they had become a super animal, and then they had green sentience? <laughs> um, and a feudal system. <laughs> and a feudal system. No, that was the Ictol.
0: I, I think that... Oh, I guess it
1: was the Rikiki, never mind. This...
0: Right. No, it's also the Reikiki, yeah. yeah you're they're are right. they, bas- they made a whole point system. about that. Yeah, exactly. So I I would say that to sort of reconcile that, to me it has to be like a panspermia universe. Cause if there's like universal proteins, like all of that stuff, it seems like mostly related between the different types of aliens. Like obviously a totally divergent evolution, but like you can see, sort of the same building blocks landing on different planets and different environments and making totally different biomes,
1: I'm but not, still biomes
0: that are based on the same molecular structures. I'm not like they not didn't talk sure. about whether everyone had DNA or not. I don't know if that ever comes up, but I would bet they did in this universe. I
1: would bet they did as well. I also would bet that I mean obviously we haven't RNA. found any aliens, but I would not be surprised to find out that. There is a formula for life, and there are certain ways it will evolve, to an extent. Now, yeah, that's I, fair. That's why I we only look you, at
0: planets with water.
1: Right. I agree with you. A panspermia idea makes more sense, and mm-hmm. there is not necessarily credence to exactly that, but there's definitely some groundwork laid to a similar concept in the much in like the second series, the Light of Terra. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember exactly. I've not actually gone through these books like six times. Like I have the original ones because mm-hmm. uh, they they're like recently coming out. Um, sure. But I think that there is potential for that. But also, I I would not be surprised that if we if you know if we were annexed by the toll tomorrow, and we found out that like every single known species had DNA was built on proteins and had some similar traits, but obviously very divergent evolutions. I would not be shocked.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean that's how we would figure out, like, this is how life has to develop. Or it's how it's it's one of the ways that life develops. Maybe a lot of life develops with nucleic acid base, but not all life. There's there's like two or three ways, and we'll find out.
1: You know I mean, yeah, in a later series. Our later book, we do find out that there is space-faring life that exists in this universe.
0: It just lives in the void.
1: Yeah. Interesting. It's like, I always love that idea. They're like cows. It's like, very hard
0: to justify, but I love it. <laughs>
1: I do love the idea.
0: I'm enchanted by it, despite
1: its sort of implausibility. Despite the fact that you are an educated woman, especially like educated, at least tangentially, in that field. familiar with the
0: concept of vacuum
1: yeah you're familiar with the concept of vacuum and biology and you're aware that those are not compatible
0: (laughs) the laws of life etc i mean just tell tell that to a tardigrade am i right except they don't (laughs) actually like move around they just sort of go into a um uh
1: hibernation type state but i don't know that much about it okay anyway (laughs) so one thing i want to talk about is the idea of the core powers
0: yeah okay Correct me if I'm wrong, because I kind of rushed like the second half of this book. It seems like they weren't, they were just touched on. Like, are the Ik Tol and the Kanzi both fringe powers?
1: Yeah, they're called arm powers.
0: Okay, so they're like less advanced, right, than the by, core powers? By hundreds
1: of years. Okay. So the idea- so what's what's the deal with the core powers? So the idea of the core powers is that they outstrip the Ik Iktol- by at least as great a margin as the Aeg Toll outstripped humans. Hmm. Pre annexation. That's troubling. I bet um, that comes up. It does come up very often. <laughs> and here's the surprise you stack Imperial warships against Core warships, they do not win. Um, Shocking. <laughs> yeah, wow. So, like, they are a terrifying core, like, group of polities who I, I uh, Kik Tana says in this book at some point that the s- local sports team to a, a core power is vastly more important than armed powers going to war with each other what what <laughs> so like if you're just a random like lion citizen okay who's winning at your local professional sports team matters more than if like you know two nation two armed powers went to war. Like a lot are
0: the are the lions' core? Yes. Wait. So what are they doing all exiled on Tortuga?
1: They talked about this. You might have brushed through this part.
0: Yeah. That's this, this okay. was kind of when I was like, "Oh shit, I'm running
1: out of time." Okay. So the um, lion. exiles... I wasn't
0: feeling super well this week, so I was kind of not like in the state to pay attention to. Fair listen. enough. So I'm fairly
1: certain this was covered. Um. In in this yeah. level of depth, so the lion exiles are descendants of this, uh, this government of the lions called the As- Lion Ascendancy. Very okay. little details are given on that in this book. It just You get a name. Okay. At some point, there was a civil war in which the Lion Republic became the new governing body and all of the traitors who didn't join the Lion Republic rebels uh, were basically imprisoned or executed or what have you. Uh, many Ascendancy ships went into hiding or escaped and Builder of Sorrows was one of them. So Builder of Sorrow's is a mobile shipyard, as long as some of its ships that are in it, uh, some of its lion ships that are in it, and they escaped and worked their way out the arm of the galaxy as time went on. Oh, to flee from the core. Right, and as like, oh, okay, so like you know where piracy sprouted up, they went there and like made their money and made their livelihoods and they. Were so fine. they're
0: political refugees,
1: basically. Yeah, from a core power,
0: but so the core power still exists. There is a lion republic. What did you call it? Is right. that right?
1: there is a line that exists
0: like that. and it's thriving but yeah it's, the it's ones who were part of the old power. guard the loyalists basically right
1: the tories
0: yeah. <laughs> is that even accurate what the tories is that what the tories are
1: uh yeah the tories were again Br- uh, british loyalists in the revolutionary war
0: oh, okay word american tories yes okay gotcha um, so anyway, the Lion this, Republic still exists, is It is, and this
1: war was like 300 years ago.
0: Okay, so not even that long ago in space-time.
1: Okay, that's fair. Uh, I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh... <laughs> You were like, so it super long time ago? Like, kind of a real long time ago.
0: I guess it depends on the Lion lifespan, right?
1: Um, about... No, it doesn't matter.
0: But <laughs> it's, it just seems like, um... It seems like there's been a lively galactic community going on for a millennia
1: before humans joined the party like tens of thousands of years yeah and the first one wore the robe. okay right yes so that's that's why so the core powers sprouted up first and then they had um like they're there's never really a good argument given for it they just the core powers were first
0: they just evolved first.
1: Yeah, I mean, my theory is that that's where the greatest density of things are, and so there's more likely that shit yeah. would settle in, and then they would evolve first. And that's why, like, they're all at the core. Also, hyperspace is denser at the core. I I can't. I don't know why, but hyperspace mm. is denser at the core, and so you travel faster <laughs> because of sci-fi reasons. Because of because of quantum effects. <laughs> quantum, 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 quantum. Okay, gotcha. I think there's an argument to be made for gravity, and that there's a fucking big black hole in the core and shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could easily techno babble that that away. Just be it, like,
1: "There's a there's a super massive black hole. What don't you get about that? It messes with things, and you're like, true. it
0: does mess with things."
1: Yeah, like, hey, black holes, fuck with shit.
0: <laughs> they do. If anything, it wouldn't make sense if hyperspace was in, unaffected by the core. You're right. Okay. Um, Even though hyperspace isn't proven <laughs> as a concept. You're right. But if you're gonna make it up, make it affected by real things
1: okay let me think what so, else do we got good um, um i like the idea that they were like i i like one of my favorite lines in this book is when uh casimir was talking about the interface drive missiles and he was just like yeah they move at like 60 percent speed of light warheads are redundant <laughs> so you really don't
0: need explosives anymore. yeah like damn
1: you right I can imagine being the asshole who, like, at a meeting one day, is like, hey, we didn't put any warheads on these things. What do you want to arm them with? And everyone, like, looks at him, like, he's the biggest dumbass. You
0: understand nothing about (laughs) inertia.
1: Welcome to physics 101, kids.
0: (laughs) We're going to teach you some math. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be fine. Yeah, no, that is awesome. And I, I do, I do love the idea of that. Like, literally just, it's, I mean, it's basically a more elegant version of dropping an asteroid on a planet.
1: I mean, yeah, you're right. And it's not with evil. more fast, more fast and less mass. <laughs> <laughs> more fast, less mass. Um, <laughs> that happened by accident, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I like that. That, that that's the weapon. Like everyone yeah. uses it. The core powers the, use it. Like everyone. This uses it. is where we're at. Because like how Because to- you can't really get more power than physics. Yeah. Truth. Um. Anyway. So are there any other um, details Any specific negatives that we haven't talked about That you wanted to touch on
0: Uh, Just real briefly I always find it kind of Dumb When there's like Alien rape Because why would aliens find
1: humans Sexually attractive Well I'll tell you this (laughs) The Kanzi Yeah we're just hairless kanji that are a little taller like that's talked about constantly okay now uh, okay now, i kind of see that there is an argument to be made that why would rape work the same way like <laughs> you why, mean like
0: why did the parts fit
1: yeah like why would their sexual <laughs> organs be in any way compatible that's true to argue that we have to go well they're a primate. And you know how primates always have penises? <laughs> True. Um, so, you know, that I might lead credence to I'm your panthermia sure. hypothesis.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, one of the ways that you figure out species is whether or not they can reproduce. So I'm kind of curious if, like... Do you mean life? Later in in this universe, huh? Do you,
1: do, sorry, Do you mean to say life?
0: No, no, I'm sorry. I mean, like... If you can reproduce together, then you're of the same species. And if you can't reproduce together, then you're not of
1: the same species. Or if you can't reproduce viable... and donkeys.
0: Young. Yeah, if you can't produce viable young. Okay. mules, Mules can't reproduce. So, like...
1: I didn't hear the viable part.
0: And I don't think it's across the board. I never took a zoology class, so I don't know that much about this. But, like, that's just one of the ways that they're like, okay, that's, like, a difference. So, you know what I mean? Like, if they can... I don't know if there's ever any Kanzi human rape babies down the line in the series, but... Not that I'm aware of. Okay, because if there were, I'd be like, all right. Panspermia. Like, panspermia, for sure. Like, we're definitely, if not the same species, then very closely related. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd have to talk to a real biologist to find out more about that. <laughs> but, yeah, Morgan. so, I mean... I, Morgan, get off the phone. Um, but, yeah, so I that was sort of, like, I, I see what you're saying, where it's like there's enough resemblance between the species. And it does sound like it's sort of a fringe thing with the Kanzi. Yeah, like, like not even a- all Kanzi are going to try to do this. It's just like, some perverts yeah. <laughs> will do this. And, but I it's mean, the same reason not- we don't have sex with chimpanzees. Or it's partially, yeah. it's like half of the
1: same reason we don't have sex with chimpanzees. <laughs> um, and, like, and I you bet know, there, there are some people who would. There are definitely some things that would qualify as rape without things fitting. So true,
0: totally true, yeah, I totally mean,
1: true I get the I don't mm, okay, I can understand the way it would work, but I get your point that it doesn't make sense yeah I mean, although rape is typically like a power thing it's not that's also
0: true it's not even so much like I'm attracted to you it's I am so much more powerful than you I can do whatever I want to
1: you yeah as far that's my understanding of it. Obviously I have no first hand experience on either side. Yes. But um, so I am told no, That
0: was a good disclaimer.
1: And so I have read from like you know, reading profiles of rapists and such.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's
1: a good point, yeah. I can and see that. The note is made that it's a small sector of their population who are into that and they're among the Kanzi powerful. That totally tracks, honestly. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's the weird It would definitely people. be, like, the politicians. <laughs> yeah, and, like, there's six swinger clubs and shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, where they have their little human slaves.
1: Yeah, exactly. Not, not that it's particularly funny, but... <laughs> it's terrible. Except it's a book, and
0: so we can get past that. So, you're laughing about it, it. hasn't happened to anyone in real life. Specifically, by Kanzi. Um, yeah, that took too long for you to say. <laughs> Yeah, oh, listen, I All do right. my best. But that, I think that was my last gripe. It was, but like, overall, it was really fun. It was very, like, it's like you said, it's very digestible. Like, obviously, I missed some stuff, but I still got the overall picture. It's digestible in a way that I'm
1: on my fourth book.
0: Yes, yes. And you started reading this book, like, last week, I think.
1: Yeah. About, mm. by the way, Adams Gate you should definitely get there
0: oh yeah i've been told um oh, good. yes i will i will be getting there i, I anyway. couldn't read it because i was reading this
1: because I thought about Asshole. this was i could put this off because i was like well in a pinch i can just do it without going through it again i've read That's this book i've read this book at least five times <laughs> like every time a new book would come out i've reread the book twice on its own and then every time a new book came out i reread it again because i would reread uh, the whole series sense. up to it
0: he does seem very prolific i saw that this book came out in 2016 <laughs>
1: Yeah, And there's, like, he has so many books. I mean, yeah, um, there's five in this universe. Yeah, that's I mean, he, a lot. He really just cranks them out. And you can see that in the, in the writing, right? Like, it's not a gorgeous book.
0: Like, yeah. It is back not back. highly edited. It's not super well-crafted in terms of plot. But it's very, I mean, it's fun. It's an interesting universe. You don't have to, like... You're not laying up. You're not staying awake at night thinking about it, but like, you have fun while you're in it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's an entertaining world to dive into, and it's a good break sometimes from the more intensive books that we have covered and we will continue to cover.
0: Totally. So with that, should we go on to uh, our next month's? Yeah, topic? I'm excited.
1: What's our next book gonna be, CC
0: All right, in the grand tradition of Sci-Fi Sidebar lasting now two years, if you can believe it. Wow. I'm doing Spookvember, <laughs>
1: because Spook-vember. you did not do
0: Spooktober. <laughs> um, and for this, i decided to do a tour of the zombie genre. Okay. So we're going to do movies, because we're not reading multiple books. But <laughs> I I think it would be fun to look at different types of zombie movies. So I want to watch The Night of the Living Dead, sort of like George Romero's start to the click modern classic zombie modern slash classic um because it basically gave us our idea of what zombies are but it's also from 68 so it is classic in that sense as well right
1: the blue collar zombie sure i think it like takes
0: place it's was filmed in pittsburgh right so it was very much like you know blue collar town but yeah so i've never seen it i don't know if you have i'm
1: joking george romero called zombies the blue collar monster
0: well, I think I've heard that before, now that you say it again, but yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I did think you were joking. <laughs>
1: anyway, okay, so... But yeah, so we're going to watch that. A true classic.
0: And then, I've also never seen this movie, but I am told it's also sort of a modern classic and an extremely good um, zombie film, and to me, and this could be totally off-base, I could be wrong, but... Uh, it seems to be the movie that really brought to light the idea of like fast zombies, basically. Like you've got the sort of shuffling ones from Romero, and then you've got uh, the rage zombies of Twenty Eight Days Later. So that's what I want movie number two to be. Okay. <laughs> I hope you're not regretting giving me power. And A then for bit. three, I'm thinking Zombieland. That's because. yeah I was thinking of Shaun of the Dead but I think that Zombieland specifically was made at the sort of the height of zombie fatigue (laughs) and it's like yeah yeah it's a zombie movie but it's gonna make fun of the genre a little bit and like have fun with it
1: you are aware of CC yeah that Zombieland 2 is like around the corner what so you want
0: to do Zombieland 2
1: instead I'm just saying it opens on like the 16th
0: oh that's really funny the 16th of October yes uh i don't know we're gonna do Zombieland one
1: okay <laughs> i have cre- made my extra decision extra credit if you go see Zombieland land too
0: <laughs> so i'm gonna try to watch them close together you do what you want but um this will be coming out on november 4th so it'll be like right after halloween weekend so everyone watch your spooky movies <laughs> we're if, gonna sit down and talk about them at the end
1: if the day after halloween you're like man i just wasn't spooked enough be like oh hell yeah i got three movies to watch yeah that's right that is correct got some spooky boys
0: <laughs> yeah so i thought it'd be something fun to do for oh, halloween that's fun i was gonna make you watch alien so you
1: absolutely not that's the real problem you should be grateful, <laughs> yeah. grateful. <laughs> what do you say it's the true problem with the system that i can
0: make you watch alien
1: i don't want maybe we should
0: institute a single veto like per year per year (laughs) (laughs) i mean we only record there's only six uh episodes per year that each of us pick so i mean that's fair
1: i feel like one veto per year is fair now now that you say it that way that does seem fair do you want to institute vetoes i mean yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pull it now but like if there's a truly oh hell no if I try to make you watch Alien. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I'm gonna need my parachute cord ready. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. But yeah, right, that's the cool. plan. I'll actually say this: I've seen Zombieland, I've seen 28 Days Later. I have never seen Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Did the living I say Dead. Dawn of
0: the Dead? Night of the Living Dead is his first one. You're right. I think Dawn of the Dead is supposed to be maybe better by some standards, but supposedly I mean it's a second the true series, so
1: beginning of zombies is not even Yeah
0: big. zombies as we know them.
1: I mean I'm really excited I think to go the only on comparable journey. person was Shelly before Romero.
0: That's true. I mean the zombies like again haven't watched it yet but it does kind of seem like it's pretty Frankenstein ish. By well not even by Shelley more like by film. Because, Shelley, as we learned last Spookvember, <laughs> Frankenstein's a very articulate, tormented, thoughtful creature.
1: That's true. He's
0: not a shambling animal who just sort of wants to nom on people, on human flesh. <laughs> I plan on watching this in the daytime.
1: Me too. Because apparently the effects hold up. <laughs> it might be 50 years old, but I plan on watching it in the daytime. <laughs> yeah, I'm still a baby. And Coward um yeah all right
0: yeah, well, <laughs> looking forward to that you said November 4th November 4th yep all right so Sign everyone up. have a good Halloween be safe and watch your zombie movies and we'll talk to you soon
1: all right CC so how can
0: they find us they can find us at facebook.com slash sci-fi sidebar or facebook.com slash signifying nothing network or twitter.com well twitter at sig or you can just search signifying nothing network Yep, or
1: these Or, what's our email? network at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, that one. Please that email one. us if you have any suggestions. If you think that my zombie movie picks are incorrect, <laughs> if you
1: I feel like if have... ever, like, ever, if we're ever going to get someone to email us, it's going to be because they have a very <laughs> passionate opinion about what correct zombie <laughs> movies to pick.
0: They're really mad that I picked um, Zombieland instead of Shaun of the Dead. Exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah it was years. a tough call it was a tough call but um <laughs> yeah bitch me out i'm at i'm for it come at me <laughs> um me. But, yeah all right i think that's it for us so thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll be talking to you in a month
1: all right uh, this has been sci-fi cyber signifying nothing network
0: a tale told by idiots
1: bye guys have you october
0: bye guys get spooky E <laughs> aí